You guys spend so much money to be poor. Uh, anyways. Simulation theory. We're with the Wiki Lickers. We're the Wiki Lickers people. And we got some Wiki Lickers people. Ariel, Gabrielle, Nitfu. I don't know what that noise is. <laughs> oh my but God. we have simulation theories. It might be fake. This might not be real. Uh, technically, what Wikipedia is called simulation hypothesis, which proposes that all of our existence is a simulated reality, such as a computer simulation. The simulation hypothesis bears a close resemblance to various other skeptical scenarios, almost said skeleton uh, scenarios, from throughout the history of philosophy. The hypothesis was popularized in its current form by Nick. Bostrom. I mean, who's that? He's a Swedish-born philosopher at the University of Oxford, known for his works on existential risk, the anthropothic principle, human enchantment, ethics, superintelligence risk. This guy seems interesting. <laughs> so is this like the idea that like everything that you're seeing is being computed through your head? So like we're all seeing different things. So really like is what we're seeing through our head really what's happening? That's yeah, so it, this is saying, it's right? kind of like um, questioning the whole, I think, therefore I am, right? Yeah. I, I mean, really know. I mean, it's really interesting because I think I've told you guys this, this thing before, but people see colors differently because it's how your brain is like you're, you're, you'll see something and then your brain will interpret it. But we all have different brains. So we're all seeing different variations of the same thing. Right. So you might perceive it one way where I perceive it. I mean, that's all another way. It's probably probably like a small variation, but we can, in fact, measure light, though. So that's true. But because it's a simulation. No, that's all the that's all the evidence I needed. That life is definitely fake in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, we're all just in vats and like, and there's those machine overlords like in the Matrix. No, not even that. We're just a bunch of ones and zeros. That, someone's very because it totally says something about a vat later on. Oh, uh, exciting! I'm oh, riveted. Let me get my popcorn. Versions <laughs> of the hypothesis have also been featured in science fiction, appearing in such central plot devices in many stories and films. The hypothesis popularized by Postrum is a very disputed. Is very disputed with, for example. Theoretical physicist Sabine Hassenfelder, who's a German theoretical physicist, author, musician, YouTuber. She seems cool. Um, currently employed as a research fellow at the Frankfurt Institute for Advanced Studies. Uh, who called pseudo? He, she called it pseudoscience. Burn her. Burn the witch. <laughs> and cosmologist George F. R. Ellis. Who's complex systems department of mathematics applied mathematics at the University of Cape Town in South Africa? Uh, all, this all is a th- worldwide dispute. Yeah, good no, no, right? Mm-hmm. Who stated mm-hmm. the hypothesis is totally impracticable? Impracticable? That's a word? I suppose so, if you want to be I'm extra fancy. I'm writing From it down. The <laughs> viewpoint. And that protagonists seem to have confused science fiction with science. Late night pub discussions is not a viable theory. Okay. Dang, burn. This really this grinds my gears a little bit because I'm pretty sure science is the thing where you know you have a hypothesis and then a bunch of people that are like, 
accredited in the in peers, you know, they refute the hypothesis until we say, oh, yeah, that's uh, we refuted it so much that it's I have this proof that it's true. And your refutes don't stand. They don't hold water. Burn that's the what science is. Burn her. Burn her. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm in a, I'm in a goofy mood. Yes, burn <laughs> the witch. Witches are cool. Uh, yeah, I that guess. Future episode. Yeah, witches. So we are now at the origins part of this Wikipedia article, and Aria will take it away. There is a long philosophical and scientific history to the underlying thesis that reality is an illusion. Oh. This skeptical hypothesis <laughs> can be traced back to antiquity. For example, oh, so it's pretty old, huh? For example, the butterfly dream of Shangzi, or the Indian philosophy of Maya, or the ancient Greek philosophy Anaxarchus and Monimus, likened existing things to a scene painting and supposed them to resemble the impressions experienced in sleep or madness. Would you guys think that reality is just a, a phase of madness? Maybe. I suppose it's not any more or less crazy than like religion. Maya is uh, kind of cool. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was reading the description on it, and Maya is like an illusion or magic. And they say, uh, magic show, an illusion where things appear to be present but are not what they seem. I don't know. This sounds kind of cool. You are so the Twilight. Not only is this a worldwide debate. But it also has multiple like origin branches across the world, because mm. apparently the Aztec philosophical text theorized that the world was a painting or book written by Tildal or oh. Tiatli. I feel like they say it. I feel like I would love to be a cat, so I wouldn't think about like what's beyond so much. You know what I mean? Oh my like, god! Right. Yeah, I would love to not have to think about this. Like, I don't want to think about what happens to me when I die. Like, because you, you can't think Gabby. that it just ends. So, Gabby, like, who's, who's about to say that the cats aren't thinking about what happens to them when they die? No, I mean, of a cat's mind. Maybe I would love, love that. Cats, but think about this a dog, you know, <laughs> you know. You know why cats are better than dogs? You ready for this, Dustin? Hold on, hold on. Let me get my point. Okay, 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 okay. So, and then I'll get my point. You're welcome to, by the way. But <laughs> a dog, you know, you put a dog, dog's having a good time. Pure happiness. Pure happiness. We can't have that because we're too smart. The dog has pure happiness. Children also have this sometimes. You see it in their face. They're like having a super fun time. You can't do that because you got to what if? What if these dogs and cats? are sitting there right now going, man, I really wish I could just live like a human so I didn't have to think about what happens to me when I die. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that they probably don't. Nobody knows that. if dogs like, go to heaven. Nobody well, knows. Dogs do go to heaven. The Pope said so, Ariel. Your dog's probably like, man, I got nothing to do. I'm going to take a nap. They're not thinking about the existential crisis. Yeah. I mean, I look at my cat, and she's definitely not thinking about anything other than food. That's all she's thinking about. <laughs> okay. Okay. You guys ready? Ironically you know? enough, that is also what I always think about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a common thing. But do you know why cats are better than dogs? You guys ready for this? Subjective. But yes. Go ahead. No, no, no. It, it's not. It's not objective. It, it's cats are better than dogs. And you know why? 
You would never find a cat working for the police. <laughs> what, if, what, what if I told you <laughs> that in Columbus, Ohio, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a I'm cat who's a detective. Cat detective Bob. Cat detective. The cat detective. Specifically specializing in cat law. Cats just ain't no snitches, man. It's another but a game of mice and cats and mouse, eh? <laughs> yes, they hear. All right, I got I got a I got a different take on this, Ariel. Mm-hmm. You ready? I feel like I'm already in simulated reality because I just consistently consume uh, fancy tales through screens, and that's what Ooh. my brain thinks it's in. Ooh. At this point, I'm so screen that is a, deaf. That is a good point. I, like, I probably spend more time dealing with a fake reality that my brain sort of translates as oh, I, got I am in the simulation. I, like, I only spend like 20 minutes a day or so considering my real-life situation. <laughs> okay, somewhat I avoid at all costs. <laughs> somewhat related. That's the strat. We're literally not even in the same room. Right now? How do we right know now. if we're right. talking to each other? How do we know if we're actually talking to each other, not just robots or something? I'm getting I, freaked out. I mean, we we do have good old Craig in the chat. You know Craig. Oh my gosh, he keeps watching me. <laughs> the robot listening to our every word. Mm-hmm. For I context, Craig is the robot that records us. He doesn't tell us. He doesn't tell us. But others are actually saying only what we want to hear. <laughs> Craig is in a simulation. Yeah, Craig is definitely in a simulation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so origins? You did origins. In philosophy? In philosophy. Gabby. Gabby. Um, okay. I'm just going to go ahead and go into the simulation ar- argument because I feel like that's okay. what we're like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Plus, Nick potatoes Rostrum- are. Do you see that picture of Nick Brostrom and he's got that little stinky face where he just like smells something looks, really bad? He looks intense. He looks like he's thought about this a lot. <laughs> yeah. He, he looks like someone walked by him, farted, and then he had to smell it. <laughs> where are you, are you getting these? That's how he knows his reality is real. Because <laughs> farts smell. Why would you smell it before I, I know? <laughs> Okay, anyway, (laughs) poor Nick. But in 2003, philosopher Nick Bostrom proposed a trilemma that he called the simulation argument. Despite the name, Bostrom's simulation argument does not directly argue that humans live in a simulation. Instead, Bostrom's trilemma um, argues that one of the three unlikely seeming propositions is almost certainly true. The fraction of human-level civilizations that reach a post-human stage, that is, one capable of running high-fidelity ancestor simulations, is very close to zero. All right. My brain's not putting that together, but we'll go to the second one. The fraction of post-human civilizations that are interested in running simulations of their evolutionary histories or variations thereof is very close to zero. Very close then, to one. Oh, sorry. No, very close to zero. Oh, that's the same one. Okay. So yeah. basically, um, no civilizations are considering running a simulation of their civilization. He's talking about cats. <laughs> <laughs> this is about cats. <laughs> when the humans are dead and the cats are still here, they're not going to be thinking of, is this a simulation? That's what he's saying. That's what whoa, he's saying. Whoa, whoa. 
What is post-human? But when humans are gone. Oh, okay. Yeah, when we're bitten. I mean, that directly makes sense. I don't know why my brain didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why my brain wasn't computing any of this. But I think I, I think I, I was thinking like the evolution of humans. Mm. I mean, what does he mean by post-human? Because like, is he thinking about oh, when humans are gone, will the next phase like be assimilation or something? Like, or what is he getting at? In that? Cat let's humans. Let's let's keep cat on humans. reading. There we go. Yeah, cat humans, of course. But let's keep reading, because um, I bet it'll explain it. And then his third point. The fraction of all people with our kind of experiences that are living in a simulation is very close to one. Whoa, 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 whoa. The fraction of all people with our kind of experience that are living in a simulation is very... What does that mean? It means that someone else is experiencing what you're experiencing. The fraction of all people with our kind of experiences that are living in a simulation is very close no to us. No way, Gabby. Else... No what? way. No one else has ever browsed Wikipedia like I have. <laughs> <laughs> and by that, you mean I have to read this same sentence like 10 times? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're in a simulation. <laughs> all right. Um, but the trilemma uh, points out that a technologically mature post-human civilization would have enormous computing power. If even a tiny percentage of them were to run ancestor simulations, that is, high-fidelity simulations of ancestral life that would be dis indistinguishable from reality to the simulated ancestor, the total number of simulated ancestors, or sims, in the universe or multiverse if it exists, would greatly exceed the total number of actual ancestors. Um, I mean, I'm just going to stop this guy right here. Like, you can make a lot about, you, you can have these little thought experiments, but until you have actual actionable proof or evidence, yeah, so it's just like on post-human still. Okay, so Bostrom claims his argument goes beyond uh, the classical ancient skeptical hypothesis, claiming that we have interesting empirical reasons to believe that a certain disjunctive claim about the world is true. The third of the three disjunctive propositions being that we are almost certainly living in a simulation. Thus, Bostrom and writers in agreement with Bostrom, such as David Chalmers, argue there might be empirical reasons for the simulation hypothesis, and that therefore the simulation hypothesis is not a skeptical hypothesis, but rather a metaphysical hypothesis. Bostrom states he personally sees no strong argument as to which of the three trilemma um, propositions is the true one. He says, if one is true, then we will almost certainly go extinct before reaching post-humanity. If two is true, then there must be a strong convergence among the courses of advanced civilization so that virtually none contain any individuals who desire to run ancestral simulations and are free to do so. If three is true, then we almost certainly live in a simulation. In the dark forest of our current ignorance, it seems sensible to apportion one's credence credence roughly evenly between one two and three i know that people who hear about a simulation argument often react by saying yes i accept the argument and it obviously is possibility um that obtains blank but different people pick a different blank so i think it's obvious that one is true others two is true yet others that three is true 
Unless right. we are now living a simulation, our descendants will almost certainly never run an ancestral simulation. I don't, I don't know what this guy's on, man. Question. Basically, <laughs> basically, from what I'm understanding of this, he's saying because I could imagine it could be true, and I can think of some thought arguments to reason about why it could be true, then it must be true. Okay, I think it's a bad. I think it's just a bad, the bad pub science. As pub a, science. As oh no! Person, as the person upstairs, Mister George F R Ellis was putting it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question. He's talking about the fraction of post-human civilization and the running simulation of evolution in history. The variations thereof is very close to zero. My question is, how close is what we do with? Age of Empires. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh God! Or or <laughs> Civilization by Sid Meier's. Oh mm -hmm. no! Are we are we enacting our own simulations? Oh God! <laughs> is it is it close to zero? Because that game takes fourteen hours to play. <laughs> oh no! I just got a command from the from the Overlord. It will be done. <laughs> I Over need there. more wood. <laughs> <laughs> Gathering. <laughs> What's the noise? <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, he goes on. So there's an entire section on the criticism of Bostrom's anthropic reasoning, and it goes through a lot of things. But I'm just going to read the bottom one. Um. Uh, so, well, I'm going to take a couple of things, but some critics propose that the simulation could be in the first generation. All the simulated people that will one day be created do not yet exist. So that's the thing. Some scholars categorically reject or are uninterested in anthropotic reason, dismissing it as merely uh, philosophical, unfalsible, and inherently unscientific. And then you have like a little blurb at the bottom. It has been argued that humans can be, cannot be the ones being simulated since the simulation argument uses its descendants as the one running the simulations. In other words, it has been argued that the probability that humans live in a simulated universe is not independent of the prior prob probability that it's assigned to the existence of other universes. Okay. Which I, like, I, I don't know. Maybe this but is going over my head. I feel like this is definitely going over my head, but hold on a second. Let's yeah. think about non, not humans. So I go outside. I look up at the porch. I see this, uh, it's called a mud dauber. It's like, it looks like a wasp. And he like puts a nest up. Don't worry. These guys are gone now. But then later I see another one in the exact opposite spot, but like the same spot on the other side of the porch. And I'm like thinking, are these things just like programmed to like go there? You know what I mean? I think they probably might be. Their selection criteria is similar. Exactly. So like that that seems very like structural. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. if you were trying to make like a uh, interactive NPC in a game, that would be an easy set of commands to give it things exactly. to do. <laughs> That's exactly my point. So like if we're thinking about humans, this thing seems super complicated. You know what I mean? But like smaller scale, I feel like some things are very structural. I don't know. 
There's a lot of deep thoughts going around. Well, that's that's all the evidence I need. You've convinced me. Okay. I'll just read the last little bit here of arguments against the trilemma, um, against the simulation hypothesis. I think this is really interesting. Um, physicist Marcello Glacier objects to the notion that post-humans would have a reason to run simulated universes. Being so advanced, they would have collected through enough knowledge about their past to have little interest in this kind of simulation. They may have virtual reality, reality museums where they could go and experience the lives and tribulations of their ancestors, but a full-fledged, resource-consuming simulation of an entire universe sounds like a colossal waste of time. Glacier also points out that there is no plausible reason to stop at one level of simulation, so that the simulated ancestors might also be simulating their ancestors mm. and so on. There we go. Instant regress akin yes, to the we need the layers. The layers. <laughs> how do we know that? How Recursion. do we know that we're not being simulated by people who were simulated? What if we're like <laughs> a thousand layers down in a simulation? It's like that one uh, Rick and Morty episode where he creates that little universe, and then that little universe creates its own little universe. And then oh, the one about Pickle Rick? That's why <laughs> everything's so shitty, because every time you go down a layer, you degrade in quality. Yeah, that's what that's basically what it says for. We're probably like a gigatrillion layers are down. We living, are we living a in the shitty universe? A gigatrillion is a lot. <laughs> but really, are we living in the shitty universe? We We might be. Oh well, no! Man, I mean, are we like? Some things are pretty good, though. I'll just say that. Some things are pretty good. Like, From your perspective, guys... maybe so someone could be like, "Oh, you, oh, you spilled your milk and dropped your sandwich on the floor." But oh, you had fucking milk. Universe. You had milk. Okay, okay. I'm going <laughs> to argue with the if we're in lower tier simulation with the argument of. I recently had sushi this weekend, and that was delicious. Would sushi, sushi be in a lower tier simulation? I don't think so. It's surprising how good sushi is. It's so good. Lower tier simulations don't get sushi. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to be up in the top top 10 percentile at least. Here's another one. Blankets. Blankets are pretty sweet. Oh, you know what I'm wearing right now? It's a hoodie that's a Snuggie and a blanket. That's like a blanket for your arms yeah exactly it's so great lower tier simulations wouldn't have that <laughs> so yes we're down a few layers but also we're above several other layers we're like above, yeah. we're above the the smog the smog and we can and we sewer. can look down on them yes look down look down degraded look at those filthy sims down there if you're just joining us we have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And um, who hasn't gone yet? Who hasn't gone yet? It's uh, Aaron's turn. Advocates. Elon Musk firmly believes in the simulation oh, hypothesis. That's I knew that was going to get not to believe in it. Goddamn. Elon Musk, of course, had to pop his little nosy head in here. No one wants to hear about this. I was hoping to read the next sentence. A Musk no, free Wikipedia article. but In a podcast. <laughs> With Joe Rogan, oh. <laughs> said, if you assume any rate of improvement at all, games will eventually be indistinguishable from reality. Okay, okay. That we might be in a lower simulation. Hold yeah, on, hold on. I'm gonna stop you guys for a second there because I got a I got a little bit of a segue question. Do you guys think that Elon Musk created Starlink so he could interact with the higher universe? I mean, if you use higher by elevation, I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with the higher simulation. 
Okay. I will say our simulation has Elon Musk. So I now I'm going to say that we're definitely not in the top 10 percentile. We've got to be at least 20 at the highest. Somewhere right. between no sushi and no Elon. I feel like I feel like it's super weird that Elon Musk, who is supposed to be pretty smart, he's talking about if you assume any rate of improvement at all, which would he, I guess he's saying like it's a linear improvement. What if it's like asymptotic? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Elon is Elon Musk uh, smart? He wanted to buy Twitter for like. Too much money. Like Twitter's not mount that the much like the he amount that he put into that. Okay, so what I'm saying is like he probably knows basic math. Oh, that's that's nice. Do you know that Elon Musk grew up in uh, South Africa? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He also but- said in a 2016 interview that there's a one in billions chance we're in base reality. Oh. Another high-profile proponent of the hypothesis is astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, who said in the NBC's news interview that the hypothesis is correct, (laughs) giving better than 50-50 odds and adding, I wish I could summon a strong argument against it, but I can't find none. I love Neil deGrasse Tyson. (laughs) I love Star Talk. That's great. great Yeah. Maybe, okay, I've now taken ourselves back up from at least 20 percentile. We're now up to 15. We have Neil deGrasse Tyson. We're getting a little higher. <laughs> and Chuck Nice. <laughs> true, 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 true. In the Ch- next part. In a subsequent interview with Chuck Nice on YouTube episode of Star Talk, Tyson shares that his friend, J. Richard Gott, professor of astrophysical sciences at Princeton University, made him aware of a strong objection to the simulation hypothesis. The objection points out that common trait points out that the common trait that all hypothetical high fidelity simulated universes possess is the ability to produce high fidelity Daily simulated universes. Ooh. And being that our current world does not possess this ability, it would mean that either we are the real universe and therefore simulated universe has not been created yet, or we are the last in a very long chain of simulated universes. <laughs> an observation that makes a simulated hypothesis seem less probable. Uh, Regarding this objection, but what if they made part, what if they made multiple universes? I yes. think I think he was literally just saying that we're in the higher percentile. Yeah, he said the other thing was less probable. Yeah, we're so, in base yeah. reality. Base yeah, Thank yeah. you. Thank you for uh, some reassurance. Regarding yeah. this objection, Tyson remarked, that changes my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Good old deal. <laughs> well, Dustin, you're running this episode. Do you see any other sections you want to drill into here? Uh, yeah, so... There was one part that specifically stuck out to me. We can skip over some of these stuff. Uh, and we've talked about this before. It's called Brain in a Vat and Parsimony. Parsimony. Is it parsimony? Parsimony. Parsimony. Ooh, that sounds like a spice. Skeptical arguments have historically played a role in the evolution of philosophical discussion particularly in fields of ontology, metaphysics, the theory of knowledge, and the philosophy of science. The fallibility of perception, knowledge, and thought have been made obvious employing several arguments. Solipsist scenarios. What does that mean? Solipsism is a philosophical idea that only one's mind is sure to exist as an 
Episto somebody help me. Epitis Epis Ep- <laughs> Epistemological. Thank you. Position. <laughs> Solipsism holds that knowledge of anything outside one's mind is unsure. The ex- external world and other minds cannot be known. It might not exist outside the mind. You guys might be paid actors mm. on the Tr- Truman Show. Yep. Could be. This is not exactly what that was saying, but. Feels like uh, what I was saying. Where's the brain in the jar part? Uh, hold on, I gotta make some calls about your behavior there, real quick. Yeah, I guess <laughs> it's saying that the only thing that's real is what's in your head. Yeah, the only thing pretty much. Sure of. The only thing to be sure of, I think. Sure of. Yeah. So, if humanity was being simulated, as noted by Lorenzo Pieri. It is more Honestly, likely to be as... one of such brain in a vat or solo players, as it is much easier to simulate the inputs to the brain than the full blown reality. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Honestly, as someone who spends a lot of time on a computer, the only thing I think is real it's is what's my what's in my uh, hard drive. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful if you didn't even have to live life anymore? You could just like. Live in a computer, you know, like a sword on a sword art online thing. Isn't that cool. kind of what we do? Yeah, kind of where we're what, headed, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, but you know what? Good old Nip Nip said over there. Uh, he has to deal. He has to think about life like ten percent of the time. Yeah, <laughs> we could eradicate that ten percent. <laughs> Way too high. <laughs> Way too high. <laughs> we need to bring that. Hard down. reality <laughs> really is just too much. Base okay. reality is just like. Have you ever just sat in the woods? Nothing's going on. That I mean, okay. Relaxing though. Yeah, I actually love going out into like the wild or whatever. No electronics and just like being there. Just like shrink your existence. Well, what if you could do yeah, it for like your five chair? minutes? No, I, I you okay. My thing is, is like when you just like <laughs> sit there on out by yourself alone. Like I don't think I realize how much like distractions there are when you just like sit there. You just feel better. That sounds terrifying. Like, because, like, the human, uh, you're like, that's not terrifying. What if there's a bear? Which is a real thing. But, like, if you think about it, like, we keep on, the human existence for so long was, like, very primitive. So, like, our base, like, needs were, like, eat, sleep. That's basically it. You know? So, like, when you take yourself Check down Twitter to just, Yeah. So, if you take away the Twitter account. Sounds like, kind of meditating. Yeah. It's nice. It's really nice. It makes you think about like what what is important in your life and what's not, because a lot of things you don't just get immediately bored. No, (laughs) really, honestly, like you do get. I guess, I guess, but like I always go with people, so you just talk to people. I mean, I I will have to put the disclaimer out there that what Gabby is describing (laughs) is an experience that can only really be enjoyed in modern times, because for the vast majority of human history, people were fucking dying. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Is Gabby talking about camping? I can't tell. Oh, I do these. Gabby's like... talking about like going on a nice walk out in nature and these curated forests that humans have affected so uh, much that there's barely any wildlife left in them. No, there's with wildlife easily potable water and uh, easily started fires, laundry service. No, so <laughs> what what I'm talking about is I do these I do these hikes and they're usually like three four days long and you just grab a backpack 
and you you go. So you have to have like different filtration systems so you can like get water and stuff like that. And you pack out how much food you're going to eat for that four days. So like whatever's in your backpack, that's what you're living off of. And usually when you go that deep in, like you, electronics don't work anymore. Like you can listen to how music. How long does it take for you to detox from dopamine? Oh, man, no, but you realize like you're still getting dopamine, but it's probably just like the exercising, you're tying yourself out, you're seeing everything. It's nice. I like it. This I recommend we, it. This is why we need the VR treadmill, Dustin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We can do that without leaving the comforter. I can get all the digital dopamine and still and get the exercise dopamine at the same time. It'd be be glorious. So the the last section is uh, science fiction themes, Um, and there's a few notable ones in here. Uh, Jokester Isaac Asimov explores the idea of humor as actually psychological study tool imposed from without by extraterrestrial studying mankind, similarly to how human study mice. Simulacron. Simulacron. Yep. Uh, World in the Wire, 13th Floor. Ooh, Total Recall. The Matrix. Rick and Morty. I was going to say this whole thing feels Rick and Morty. Yeah. Yeah. And I will also mention that before this episode started, I started a timer, which was actually just me ordering a sandwich. <laughs> Did it get here? Has the sandwich arrived? It's very close. Um, but I do want to tell you a quick story. Uh, one time I was at work, and I looked over the guy next to me. I said, hey, I got to go see about a sandwich. And he's like, did you just quote, um, <laughs> what's the movie? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Goodwill hunting. I gotta go see about a girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that <laughs> is Wikileaks out. Wikileaks out. Wikileaks out. Wikileaks out. <laughs>